0: Good morning. It's Iowemala, and I'm coming to you from Northern Illinois. It's Tuesday, March the 16th. We're back. We're back in winter mode for a few days. Lots of sleet and hail. But I know other parts of the country are having uh, a lot of the return of winter for at least a few days, anyway, as well. So we just take it as it is. Today is, uh, I wanted to read a little bit more from Ajahn Tejaniya's book, Dhamma is Everywhere, or Dhamma Everywhere. And this book is just so wonderful to dip into. And it also gives us, I think it, it, for me, it gives me lots of, lots of, uh, little areas that I can look at and check out in my daily life and use immediately and I really enjoy that, and it's it stays. It's simple, it's to the point, it makes sense, and it stays with me and allows me to catch myself when those— he talks a lot about the defilements of the mind, and that's what we're trying to uh, eliminate, and that's what leads us directly to Nibbana when we can do that. So it leads us to liberation and that's that peace that we can get when our mind is not um uh, being being jerked around you know when our mind is is out of balance in the, all the little ways that human beings get out of balance um it's uh it's just a, it's wonderful to just have these things pointed out in a way that is so gentle and meaningful at the same time and workable and we; those are called defilements. But they're all the little glitches I think in our minds that we that we're happier with when we're when we're not experiencing them. I think I'll I will bring one of the list, a list of uh, what are considered defilements. You know, the list are really long. Oh Mary Ann is saying that her her niece is having surgery today and yes when we will practice metta at the end and think of her and everyone else who's sick or in the hospital or just who needs good thoughts good energy coming towards them. So I may have even read some of these pages before but they I just see them and um, I'll share my experience. Well, I made it through the cats. And the cats and I, I think they officially like me now. They're much happier with their, with my daughter, their real mom. And uh, the weekend went well, and they never had an allergy attack. I had kind of an ongoing really tight headache that um, I could take. Tylenol 4, and it really helped that, but I'm the person who used to have, I'd have to leave a room without even seeing a cat. I would know that there were cats somewhere, had been recently or were currently living in that house, and I didn't even use my uh, inhaler, my asthma inhaler, the entire time the cats were with me, so... uh, that was kind of a miracle in my life. So now I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to be the designated, uh, cat sitter if my daughter has any trips to, to be away after the pandemic. So <laughs> I don't know what I've gotten myself into, in for, but the cats were lovely. And, uh, the thing that is, if you're a dog person or a cat person, the things, the thing about cats is they can go anywhere nothing is safe nothing is off limits to a cat i it wouldn't have surprised me to look up and see one of them walking on the ceiling so the it's w- worse than little children you know i and i could tell that the one of the cats i was i knew if he had enough time he'd figure out how to open uh the door to the oven because he was that curious and he could easily get up on counters that's nothing for a cat and I've always been a dog person, and I prefer small dogs with short legs like uh, Scotty's. So they—they they don't, you know—they have to have little steps to get them up onto the sofa as they get older, so that you don't worry about things on counters. So cats are pretty amazing, and they're—they're they're great. Uh, they're good company, but you have to be so vigilant. Cats my daughter said, Yeah, mom, that's why they say that, that uh, cats that hum- that humans think they own cats, that the cats know they own their humans. So I made it through that with success. But I, I'd like to share a little bit with you. Um, my mom is doing well physically in assisted living in Tennessee. Very close, maybe ten minutes from my brother, my younger brother. So he takes care of her, um, things that he can bring to her, and he's right there. And I talk to her every day and visit when I can. So uh, what we're seeing with my mom, who's 96, so uh, it's this has been a difficult year for her, and her vision is she's pretty much completely blind now. But what, what I'm seeing She's become very negative because things have changed, and it's not the sort of um, situation it was when she she moved there. About three, it's, it'll be three years now, and the staff is wonderful, and they had a lovely dining room, and it was I I enjoyed eating meals with her when I was there, and it was set up very nicely, and it's a beautiful space, and she has two rooms and very close to everything. And now because of the pandemic, they've had to stay in their rooms for a year and have food brought to their rooms. And the quality of the food seems to have gone downhill. And now they finally, as of this week, people have been able to go, as of Sunday, people have been able to go back to the dining room and eat. But they had to make a lot of Changes. So only two people instead of four to a table. So she's not sitting with the people that she was used to sitting with. And they all, they all kind of knew each other and who could see and who could hear and who could read a menu for them. And she, they just bring people in and find a place for them because they, the tables only have two people at a table and they're they're do a lot of their systems are completely different in the dining room, and it's very stressful for my mom. And the food she thinks is not only not improved, but it's gotten worse. So, what's coming out in my mom is a lot of negativity. And so, the passage I chose from this from the book today to me, it speaks to that situation. So, my mom is used to being really negative. And she really uh, was great for most of the pandemic, really working on trying to be um, less negative and we could laugh about the food. Or uh, my brother would always make sure she had plenty of snacks and things in her room that he could, could, they couldn't even make homemade things for anyone. It had to be from a store and packaged correctly. But he made sure she always had snacks, so if the food was bad, she had things that she liked to eat available. But now it seems like my mom's hit a point where her tolerance for things is just gone. And so everything is something she's negative about, down to her uh, compression socks she needs to wear. Now they're too tight. And, um, everything is coming out in a negative way. And my brother and I, who are in contact with her, you know, all the time are feeling, or we're feeling the impact of that. It's, and, and it's something that we know from, uh, being my mom's children, that it tends to be her go-to bad place, just very negative. So if we try, if we have uh, a suggestion about Something that maybe we could help with or send her or could we talk to someone for her? You know, it's, she's so negative that she can't, she can't even take any of that in. And so we were talking about it on the phone. My brother and I are texting each other. And so if when, when we both get kind of overwhelmed with things, we can talk to each other and, um, kind of buck each other up and, and I realized now is the time that you know, it's we're not gonna change her. And it may just be the time where we have to listen and just love her because it's difficult. It's difficult to see how negative she can be, and it takes us back to growing up as kids when that negativity was had a lot of impact on our daily lives. And we both felt that that's a quality that we, we learned from her that we grew up with having to deal with as adults in a lot of situations and never sure if we're, if we've been able to, uh, to go beyond that. So what, when I looked at this part that I want to read today, I may have read this to you just recently. I'm not sure. I don't think so, but, uh, it it spoke to me because the things that we, you know, my mom is 96. I don't think she's going to change. And she has her moments when she can be, uh, you know, making a joke about something that we know is probably irritating her and she can rise out of it for a little bit. But when it's when it's piling up on her, that's where she goes. So those are those defilements in the mind. And if we don't learn to deal with them when we're younger, when we have, you know, that's why I love to see kids in Buddha. Buddha kids, are Buddha kids classes at the temple. And I love to see parents whose kids are interested and teenagers and young people who are just interested in some of the teachings. There's There's no need for anybody to say, I am a Buddhist, or convert to Buddhism. But if they start being interested in the some of the teachings of the Buddha, the teachings are so helpful as a way to live a life in community with other people, not necessarily, you know, there are monastic communities, that's one kind, but even being able to um, live in the world and be able to be happy because of an understanding of the way the mind works and an understanding of how important it is to to work with these things that we call defilements, which are just those mental, mental things that we allow to be in our mind and we build up. And what the Buddha was teaching people was how to recognize those and how to clear them out of our minds for good, and root them out, and then right effort is how we keep the good, how we keep encouraging the good and the wholesome, and how we are able to guard against letting the unwholesome come back in. And so I can see my mom's defilements of that negative attitude, and it's so it becomes very pessimistic. Uh, but often uh, delusional, like it's, it's in her mind now, the lights have been changed or the lights are different or they aren't turning on lights places, because it's hard for her to accept the, fa- the, accept the fact that her vision over the last year has, has uh, left her with less and less vision. And we we knew that would happen. She's had some vision, but this last year has pretty much wiped it out. So when she's in her little, um, her two rooms, she can have lamps and things really close to what she's doing so she could see just a little bit of the food that they were giving her. So now is not the time to try to change mom. I don't call her mom, I call her mama. Now is not the ch- time to change her. The time—this is the time—for my brother and myself to—well, ch- to, to—to be able to let go of trying to get her to be uh, clear and to be positive and to stay upbeat. It's time for us to do those things. But um, it's time for us to just really work with our own loving kindness towards her and be able to listen to her and be able to be patient. And so I think some of what I was reading this morning in this section just made me, really made me think about that, you know, our part, because we we are not going to change her and the way she was raised and the kind of teachings and the religion that she uh, was deeply involved with, tended to be pessimistic and negative and critical, and so that's that's where we go. We go to that default setting, right? So the younger we are, when we can start catching things and understanding the way our mind works and what we can do with it, the better. So this is again from Dhamma in the mornings. This is part two. Mindfulness meditation is a learning process. Meditation is about cultivating the good qualities of mind. We are just trying to cultivate moment to moment, very simple. Don't forget what is happening in in you. If awareness is present, wisdom is also present and the mind is free, liberated. It is free from the wrong view and free from suffering. Mindfulness Meditation is a learning process, not a creative project process. So we are not trying to do anything. We just wait and watch what is happening as it is, not wanting, no expectations. We just practice simply and continuously. We are not trying to make something happen, to resist anything, or to make anything disappear. We are not trying to create something. We are in the present moment, just staying in the present moment by being awake, knowing and aware. Checking the attitude. We check our attitude first before we meditate. What attitude, what background ideas do you have when you meditate? Do you want anything? Do you expect anything? Why are you meditating? Why are you being mindful? We want to understand. That is why we are watching and learning. We are not trying to control anything. We are not trying to create anything. We simply want to be in the present moment, awake, alert, aware. Check your state of mind. Check your quality of awareness in the observing mind. Is it tense or relaxed? What attitude do you have? Is the attitude right or wrong? Very often you need to check your attitude. When you're checking your mind, awareness is already present. Only reminding and checking is enough. Just check your effort, energy, and quality of mind. How do you feel when you are mindful? Wait and watch very simply with the right attitude. You don't want to control the experience. You don't want to change the object or experience. Whatever is happening is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is right attitude and checking if awareness is present or not, and that it is moment to moment, check, learn, and have interest. And I'll read just a tiny bit more. Interest in the activity of the mind. If the mind doesn't want anything, it is peaceful and relaxed. Think about it as it is. Try to have interest in the activity of the mind. The mind knows, the mind is paying attention, and the mind feels. The object is not very important. Don't go looking for it. Take care of the quality of your mind. Check the quality of your mind. What attitude, what idea, and what states of mind are there when you meditate? Take care of your awareness and maintain your awareness. Don't attach to anything. Don't resist anything. So how do you do this? If you don't have the right attitude or the right idea, the mind will always attach to something or resist something, the mind never rests. Oh, the mind never rests. If you don't have wisdom, you can't go the middle way. When you have, when you use wisdom, right attitude, right idea, and right thought, the mind follows the middle way. With equanimity and understanding, nature as it is, there is no problem. At that time, you can learn more deeply. Don't forget to think the right way, have the right information, right idea, and right attitude. What are you doing now? What is the mind doing? What is happening in the mind? Whatever is happening, everything is okay, no problem. Let it be. Stay with the awareness. In the present moment, we are trying to be awake, alert, and interested. We are not trying to go anywhere. We are not trying to get anything. We only need to have right view, awareness, and interest. Experience is happening and objects are happening all the time. Whatever is happening is not our responsibility. It is as it is. Our responsibility is to think the right way, to have the right attitude, and to be aware continuously. Right thought is very important. Right attitude, right thought, means perceiving everything as nature. Object is object. Everything is nature, nothing is a problem. We want to know and we want to understand nature as it is. Nature or reality, you can interchange those two. Check your energy, how much energy do you use? If you use too much energy, the mind becomes tense. Are you sure awareness is present? If you can see awareness, awareness is surely present. We are not trying to get something. Meditation is cultivation of awareness moment to moment. We don't use too much energy, focusing, penetration or concentration. Just remember in the present moment. If you don't want anything, the mind is very peaceful. So I just think that's wonderful for me. Just seeing, um, just reading this, even even if, if if I've read it over and over, it's so helpful for for the present moment experiences that I'm, you know, I'm sitting every day talking to my mom. The perfect example, and it is what it is. There, I'm not. No one's creating her experience. Um, And what I'm experiencing is seeing how she's experiencing her experience. (laughs) And there's really, uh, I can feel my mind get tight and I can feel, uh, when I'm really wanting her to be able to change something or to hear my advice or, uh, to try to say something to make her feel better and, uh, it's better for me just to listen, and just to keep loving her and remember how important she's been in my life. So I know where so many of us are going through the same, same, same thing, or variations on a theme. So uh, I can't say enough about his, uh, Ashin Tejaniya or U Tejaniya's teachings. So I think our time is probably about up, but I did want to practice a little metta with you this morning. And remember everything that uh, Ajahn Jania is saying. This is what we can practice in our meditation, but then we continue that exact same practice in our daily, everything we do during our day. And it'll it'll feed over into night too so um it's all so practical we this is how we sit when we meditate but when we get up we're practicing exactly the same thing and it just becomes continuity of the same thing so uh the meditation part becomes the easy part and the day-to-day life becomes the the challenge that we so meditation becomes a refuge and uh Where we can go back to train a little bit or to see something a little more clearly because we're in a, we've we've found we're in a special place. But our job is when we get up and go about our day. But let's practice and especially for, um, we'll begin with ourselves with metta, simple metta practice, and then let's extend out to anyone else that we know who is suffering or going through. Uh, surgery or something where we want to send out our best thoughts for anyone that we know. And let's just begin by uh, saying those words, the simple metta just saying to yourself first, and then we expand it out. May I be happy. And because of COVID and because of Uh, What we've been going through for the last year—it's certainly—it's really good to add. May I be happy and may I be safe. Those are just the wishes that we're sending to ourselves, and that happiness we can we can develop, and we find that true happiness through our practice. And feeling safe is when we can do everything we can to be safe and sending good wishes to ourselves that we stay in that safe category. So just say to yourself, may I be safe. May I be happy. May I be happy. I be happy. May I be happy. be happy, and may I be safe. May my loved ones be happy. May any of my loved ones who are sick, who are undergoing surgery, who are recovering from illness, may they be well and may they be happy. And may anyone, any living being who is suffering, may they be able to Understand the causes of suffering and may they be happy. May they be safe. Now just allow this quality of loving kindness, of goodwill. Allow it to radiate out, radiating out from you, just like the sun sending out rays of light and heat. Allow goodwill to radiate out from you in all directions, with no end, no boundaries, Leaving out no being, sending goodwill to all living beings, human and non-human. May all beings be happy. May all living beings be happy throughout the universe. May we all be happy. May we all be safe. May we all be at peace. see you tomorrow not 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 tomorrow i'll see you thursday and i hope you have a beautiful day and dedicate any merits from your own actions from your own good thinking from your own practice dedicate any merits from those actions to all other living beings.